You heard me say it, and I believe it wholeheartedly, that if you lead with identity, everything else will follow. But I've had the experience in my work of coming in contact with individuals who want what follows, but aren't willing to lead with identity. It used to bother me and I could not figure out why they did not want to lead with identity. Then it dawned on me that people think that doing identity work means that you're broken. When in fact, it has nothing to do with brokenness and it's not an attempt to fix you. Identity work is about coming in alignment with who you are and not fixing, but honoring who you are and building a brand that is most authentic to who you are. So if you're ready to leave with identity and become a supernormal superstar, visit YourSupernormal.com right now and let's do the work. Probably about the age of 12, 13, I will be the friend, the go-to friend that everybody would call for advice. And I remember it was a time in middle school, I'm like, okay, I'm giving all this advice to everyone, but how am I coming up with this stuff? Like, this is stuff I haven't been through, but everybody, they feel calm about it. Um, it fixes their issue. And even growing up now, I tend to get into certain things, but I feel like the more that I end up speaking to people, the more that I am helping people, uh, I just feel like it's a sense of God. Fit for sport, fit for life. Numa Wellness and Spa offers mobile massage services. Gordon Walker Jr. specializes in deep tissue and sports massages. Massages range from 60 to 90 minutes. Numa's hours of operations are Monday through Friday, 9.30 a.m. to 6 p.m. Happy hours are between 1.30 p.m., and 5.30 p.m., Monday through Friday. During this time, clients receive massages at a discounted rate. Gordon also specializes in paraffin treatment, ear candling, mobile first aid, CPR, and AED classes, as well as mobile notary services. Coming soon, Zumba and yoga classes. For more information and to schedule an appointment, visit www dot numa wellness spa dot com or email them at new made seven eight one six at gmail dot com new made is spelled p n e u m a d e or you can call them at three zero two nine nine zero eight nine zero seven What's up, everybody? You are listening to the What Now podcast, where we discuss ways of effectively addressing life's most difficult moments. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to or welcome to the What Now podcast. That's right. The What Now podcast, where we discuss effective ways of facing life's most difficult moments. Ah, scratch it. Scratch out that word difficult and place defining moments there. Why? Because we have the right, the ability and the responsibility 
to define those moments ourselves and the results of those moments, what we take from that mo- those moments is predicated upon the definition that we place on those moments in our lives. My name is Clifton Petty John. I'm a purpose strategist, author, transformation coach, and spiritual leader. I provide tools and strategies to transition individuals from a life of existing to living a life full of purpose. Got a little tongue twisted there, and I'm not going to edit that out, okay? But for the sake of this podcast, you can call me Cliff, all right? I know you guys have been missing my voice. I have not uploaded a episode of me having a conversation with you guys in a couple of weeks, and I've done that on purpose because I want you guys to enjoy these great guests that we have had. We have another great guest on this episode. Matter of fact, this is probably the longest podcast that we've had. This conversation was great. I really enjoyed it. And I believe that you can take a lot from this conversation, just as you've taken from other conversations that we've had uh with our guests. So I will be back in a couple of weeks just to have a little one-on-one with you guys. I know you love me. I know you love my voice. I know you love my perspective, but guess what? I have to share you with others. You have to share me with others. Okay. So I want you to sit back Relax and enjoy tonight's episode. Today is a great day to start your own podcast. Whether you're looking for a new marketing channel, have a message you want to share with the world, or just think it will be fun to have your own talk show. Podcasting is an easy inexpensive and fun way to expand your reach online. Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. Your show can be online and listed in all the major platform directories like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more within minutes of finishing your recording. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners and the team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. Join over a hundred thousand podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. You'll get a great looking podcast website, audio players that you can drop into other websites Detailed analytics to show how people are listening, tools to promote your episodes, and more. So, start your show today by using the link provided in the show notes. This lets Buzzsprout know we sent you, and it gives you an opportunity to receive a $20 Amazon gift card, as well as it helps support our show. Mike Self is charming, entertaining, and one of the most outspoken men you will ever meet. He is a flight attendant who not only travels the world for new experiences, but seeks for opportunities to touch many in a positive way. He seeks to influence many by speaking about the self-healing powers of acknowledgement. 
He has created a platform to allow many who didn't even think they had a voice to now find their voice and let the world know they too can make a difference by the power of speech. Help me welcome to the show, Mike Self. Mike, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. As I said, I believe this is going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. Uh, We're going to get to your podcast. We're going to get to all of that. But before we get to all of those different situations, I always like to start with an icebreaker. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So (laughs) here's the icebreaker question. If you could have one superpower, what would that superpower be and why? And, and it's funny, I was just reading something I had that on it today, too. Oh, Mine wow. Would be, um, I would probably be a mind reader, to be honest. Okay. Because okay. I'm always wondering, what are people thinking? And even when I'm, like, digesting into, like, different reads or if I'm reading stuff on social media, I always go straight to the comments because, it's like, okay, I know what I'm thinking when I look at this, but how is everybody else thinking? Either, you know, if somebody see me, what do they think of me? And so right. forth. So, yeah, I think I would want to know what. What, what is actually on people's minds because I plus I don't think everybody tell the truth so I want <laughs> to truly know because I, I could tell somebody like give it to me raw give me the fullest truth I want to know this and I still feel like people kind of tend to water it down based off of how they think you may feel so mm-hmm. yeah I think I would want to know yeah okay so now I'm gonna ask you off of that question are you a person that waters it down or are you a person that gives it to everybody raw to be honest it depends. It depends. Um, I've been caught up in several situations <laughs> that have been learning experiences. Okay. Um, sometimes things just kind of come out my mouth without me thinking about it. So I've learned to, depending on the situation, for example, um, let's say if I'm working, I'm dealing with the customer somewhere. I try to be mindful of who I'm dealing with and what I say. Um, okay. If I'm dealing with a friend, then I try to make sure that I'm not coming off a certain way depending on the situation. Or if I've already had that interaction with you before and saw how you reacted to me, then I'm going to be cautious about, okay, well, you know what? I can say this or I can't say that. But usually when I feel like I got to feel to myself, I'm just not really going to try to be around you, period. But I try, it it, it depends. It's situational. But most of the time I try to be as raw as possible. Okay. So before we get talking about the podcast and everything else, I went by your page. I was, I guess, Facebook stalking a little bit. Okay. Just to see some of the things that you like, some of the different things that you post about and all of those great things. So I see, first of all, I got to tell you this, that macaroni and cheese, <laughs> hold up, hold up, <laughs> listen, <laughs> listen, <laughs> listen, man, that macaroni, I I played that video, that little clip back, to, I was just like, oh man, like I could just taste it through the post, like, man. I mean, because, you know, some people butcher some macaroni and cheese. So yeah. when you see yeah. it and that cheese is just, oh, man. But Well, well, well funny story about butchering, though. My, mm-hmm. um, as you can see, I can cook. But yeah. the one main thing that always gives me a fear of cooking is macaroni. Because oh, for real? First, yes. I want to say, like, years oh, wow. ago, uh, my first time cooking for um, a group of people was at my cousin's house. Okay. And everybody kind of pitched in. And of course, I knew I can cook. So I'm like, you know, let me go in and cook some. I said, I'll cook some macaroni. And I had these two pans of macaroni. 
So they're like, okay, cool. And we had cooked it the night before and then we served it the next day. So clearly I didn't add enough milk or like the, the night I made it, it was good. But right, then right, I we heated it and put it back in the oven, it was like a brick. And I didn't really recognize it until uh. it was time to eat. So, you know, I'm cutting my macaroni. I put it on the plate and I started eating. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> so I'm looking at everybody. I'm like, and it's your heart. I'm like, please don't ask who made the macaroni because it tastes like it came straight out the box. It was horrible. <laughs> so now it's like when I do the macaroni, um, I try different recipes and I try to add a little more of this, a little more of that when um, every time I try. My friend, she was just talking about it today too. So uh, macaroni is probably my number one go-to now, but it was that learning experience that pushed me to that point. Listen, I saw that. I said, man, that looks, if it's as good as it looked, man, I would have had to eat the whole pan by myself. <laughs> so with the cooking thing, is that just something that you've done since a child, something you just get into for like a hobby, or is it like something you look at, I might turn this into a business? Um, It's a hobby slash passion um, type okay, situation. Good. I've always, um, yeah, I've been cooking for a long time. I to get up from my mom. Um, I watched her how to cook when I was younger. Um, and of course, you know, if I see everybody else cook, I pick up little things here and there. I did run a catering service in Atlanta for about a year. Okay. Um, and that kind of stopped, that kind of faded away. Now when I do it, I feel like I do it with a different type of purpose. I do it for me. Okay. Um, okay so it's more so like a, it's a hobby slash passion. Because <laughs> yesterday I was just, I actually had made tacos. I was trying to do this whole Taco Tuesday thing. Oh, yeah. And because I could not, the food was great, but because I couldn't get the uh, look that I wanted with it for my photos, it gave me a headache for the night. I was pissed. I was pissed. So that's where my passion comes in at, as far as okay. the, the um, design of it. But yeah, I don't, where, as far as where it's going to go, I don't know. Um, okay. I do have a lot of family and friends asking me, um, you know, to sell plates, to cater. But at at this moment, at this time of my life, I want to do stuff when I feel like doing it. I don't want to feel obligated. I don't want to feel forced. I don't want to have to deal with the customers and nobody want to pay the actual price. So right now, I'm just kind of letting God lead. And if it becomes something, I have ideals for restaurants, but again, it's not going to be forced. So right now, it's just a passion. I enjoy cooking, especially on Sundays. Okay, okay. Now, you hit one of my trigger words, and one of my trigger words is passion, mm-hmm. purpose and passion, purpose and passion. What are some other things that you are passionate about? Uh, I am passionate about kids, honestly. Um, okay. Um, I used to work for the Boys and Girls Club for, I could have the number wrong. Was it seven, seven years, maybe? Six, six or seven years or so? Um, I also grew up taking care of kids. Um, my mom, she would always bring them in. So when it comes to the homeless, when it comes to kids, and now with everything going on with Black Lives Matter, us, um, I'm just a big advocate for speaking up for people. Because a lot of people, and I, I was that person too growing up, I never had a chance to really speak for myself. So now the older, the older that I'm getting, um, I'm learning that my voice is powerful. So that's why... Now I'm starting to kind of use some of these platforms to voice my opinion, to just see where it goes. So I want to say I guess speaking, you know, I I really don't like it, but it has became a passion. Um, And just voicing my opinion for others, dealing with people, dealing with the homeless, 
um, cooking for the homeless, um, a few other passions. I, I'm a very artsy person. Okay. Um, I haven't done it in a while, but I used to love sewing. That was okay. a passion of mine. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. Now, you were talking about working with youth. You were talking about using your voice. When did you come to the re- realization, number one, you had a voice, and mm-hmm. number two, that your voice was powerful, and then number three, that you could be the voice for those who have not identified identified their voice yet? Okay, so I, was, I feel like I was able to actually identify everything um, after George Floyd. Mm-hmm. As far as my voice, um, I felt like I had, I've been given a gift, I guess. I used to actually want to be a, a, a psychiatrist um, okay. and get into like counseling, all kind of other stuff. Because I would say, if I can remember, probably about the age of 12, 13, I would be the friend, the go-to friend that everybody would call for advice. And mm-hmm. I remember it was a time in middle school, I'm like, okay, I'm giving all this advice to everyone, but how am I coming up with this stuff? Like, this is stuff I haven't been through, but everybody, they feel calm about it. Um, it fixes their issue. And even growing up now, I tend to get into certain things, but I feel like the more that I end up speaking to people, the more that I am helping people, uh, I just feel like it's a sense of God. So I just feel okay. like that's, that's a slight gift there. But as far as realizing everything in whole, um, it was after this George Floyd situation. My A friend of mine, because I'm a flight attendant, so a friend okay. of mine, um, she started a podcast. And she's white, her and another friend. And she was like, you know what, Mike, I want you a good friend of mine. Uh, she saw I was very vocal about it. So she's like, I want you to come on my podcast and speak about it. So I said, okay, cool. I can do it. A little nervous about it because I didn't know how the process was going to go as usual. But I'm like, okay, you right. know, I'll, I'll try it out. So I had did my little research on Brianna and George and everybody else at Mod um, at the time as well. And the flow of the podcast was, it was wonderful. And even the comments that I got from her listeners, it was, I don't know, it, it was pretty good. And she's like, well, Mike, you should start a podcast. I'm like, eh, I'll think about it. And then once I actually started thinking about the podcast, um, a list of topics just started streaming. A list of topics started yeah. coming to me. Um, the people that I wanted to incorporate started coming to me. And I said, you know what, I might try this out. And a friend of mine told me years ago, too, she's like, you should get into radio. And I'm like, girl, I'm not doing so now she still, she still talks about it to this day, like, you should still get into radio. I'm like, girl, whatever. So now I have, so once I started doing the podcast and after I did my first episode, which was actually on spirituality and mental health, um, I saw the reactions from other people and people were like, wow, this actually helped me out. I even had my aunt, she asked me, she like, did you send this to the entire family? I said, no. She like, well, you might need to send it. So I'm like, I guess, I guess everybody need help, whatever. Right. But um, <laughs> so I don't know. I started noticing, I guess, from the reaction of others, um, the effect that it had on them. So I'm like, okay, well, I might be on to something. And it just kind of, yeah, it just kind of went from there. So I noticed that I know I'm not no celebrity or anything like that. And I noticed the impact I had. So I figured that, okay, well, if I can have that impact on just my friends, what if I actually brought my friends on? For the ones that feel like they don't have a voice or they've been wanting to voice certain opinions and they can't do it. So I have, I actually got a um, segment coming up soon for um, the Afro-Latina community because a friend of mine, she works, I forgot what it is she does. She has, she has her own business. 
that she's working on, but she didn't want to push it too much because of her clientele. But she like, like, if I do this podcast, then that allows me to voice my opinion and I will put it on my page. So that way it's not nothing that I'm continuing to talk about, but they can see how I feel. So I'm like, okay, let's do it. Awesome. Awesome. And with your podcast, I want you to go ahead and tell everybody the name of your podcast and the concept of it as well. Yes. The podcast is called Selfology 101. Um, and the name originated from my last name because my last name is Self. And it took us a minute to, we came up with a lot of other names, but it took me a while. I'm like, well, you know what? If I'm speaking out to other people, let me be the professor. Let me teach you something. So let me come up with Selfology 101. So honestly, it's, it's just another podcast where we're talking about basically everything. Um, my focus is for the culture, for the community. I want to speak to everybody, but I really want to direct a lot of stuff to us that I feel like that we have not been taught. So those topics that are hard to speak about, like with um, the, the uh, homophobia that we have in our community that we want to mm-hmm. be quiet about, the issues that we have in the church that we want to be quiet about, uh. um, you know, the mental health aspect as far as the fear of having a counselor because we feel like, oh, we can just pray and just deal with God. <laughs> Those are the things that I want to discuss yeah. that nobody, you know, really actually want to deal with because I've noticed too that even on just my social media, when I start voicing my opinion or I start saying certain things, people get quiet. Mm-hmm. It's like y'all want to talk about everything else. When Will and Jada came up, y'all were, mm-hmm. y'all were down to talk about their relationship. But when it came right. down to speaking about your own home, fixing your, your, your finances and everything else, it's an issue. It's an oh, right. let me be quiet. Let me go ahead and go behind the door with this one. So I just want to be able to speak on those subjects and go. As a health and wellness coach, Gordon Walker Jr. assists his clients in losing weight, gaining weight, or just being fit. He also helps with meal plans. You can reach him at 302-990-8907 or you can visit the website at numa24.goherbalife.com dot com that's numa 24 at goherbalife.com if you take it you take it if you don't you don't but i know at least one as, as long as one person was impacted by it then i'm good with it and that, that's what it's all about, too. And I think that's what I enjoyed about your podcast and why I invited you on here is because I think that for too long in our culture, in our communities, we've been quiet about the wrong things yes. while speaking up about the wrong things. And I think that if we're ever going to have a paradigm shift, you know, uh, generationally, then we have to begin to address a lot of these issues that are real and relevant to us that we want to just sweep under the rug or just be quiet about it and hope it goes away and as, act as if it doesn't exist. So I uh, shout out to you for doing that. Big, you know, big ups for, for standing up and, and taking on that responsibility. 
and even for naming it, you know, that selfology or that mark from a marketing standpoint, that was, you know, that was on point there. Now, you talked about your podcast, you talked about, you know, uh, the concept of it. Are there any subjects that you have been hesitant about covering on your podcast and you're like, you know what? Nope. I gotta do it. I gotta do it. Um, that's a good question. Have I been hesitant? Uh, not really. Okay. Not really. Um, not that I can think of. The only thing that comes to mind is just anything for the culture because I remember one at one time, it was like years ago, I had mentioned something and a few of my friends were like, oh, you know, take this down, either don't say this, you know, we shouldn't say this in front of, you know, keep this within us, you know, don't say this in front of everybody else. So now it's just like being that my topics are for us, I'm just kind of really open about it. Um, I kind of got over that hump of, of not having that fear of what people might say. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying. That's a good question. No, I, I, I'm. I feel like I'm willing to openly talk about everything. Everything. Okay. I just feel like I want to make sure that when I am talking about something, it's not always going to be too personal with uh, diving deep in my life. I don't mind being okay. transparent. Mm-hmm. But I just don't want to entertain the people of Hutu Nosy as well. Exactly. Um, I feel you. So, yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I just made, I want to make sure that also that the information that I'm giving is fully accurate and that I'm actually getting to that, to, to the point that I'm trying to come across instead of just going on a rant. I know, mm-hmm. like, one of my episodes, I felt like I was going on a rant, but I actually had people like, hey, I actually like the episodes. I'm like, well, whatever. So, <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel like, I mean, I've been told I like to talk a lot, so <laughs> I don't think I'm really, really uh, too shameful about not talking about, yeah, about not talking about anything. I feel okay. like I went through enough in life hiding too much to to be ashamed to talk about anything. Mm. Okay. We're going to get back to that part right there, what you just said. Okay. But I want to go back to the George Floyd situation. You mm-hmm. said that it was after that situation that you begin to gather your voice and realize, okay, now it's time for me to speak up. Now, on a personal level, what was it that hit you so hard about the George Floyd situation? Um, I think I was upset with myself because this was, I, I didn't notice how numb I was to the situations because we were so used to seeing so many of us get killed. Yeah. And when George Floyd got killed and it, it I guess the actual, his actual murder was being filmed. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why is this becoming a normal thing for us to look at black people get killed on TV? I'm like, that's really messing us up mentally. And I feel like it kind of touched me then like, okay, why, why was I so numb about speaking out about the situation? Because I don't feel like I was as vocal when Trayvon Martin got killed and anybody mm-hmm. else after that. It was just like, like, we would have the discussions, but it was nothing to where, like, I'm out and, you know, making sure that my voice is being heard. I was just more so thinking about myself, like, okay, well, if I'm in this situation, this is how I'm going to protect myself. Right. Now, when it happened to him and, the, like, they kept showing clips, because honestly, to this day, I have yet to watch the whole video. Mm. So I have not watched him pass. So I just heard about stuff and I saw uh, small clips. 
I don't want to watch it. Right. It's just troubling enough to just even hear about it. So, yeah, it, that was, it, it touched me in a way to I'm like, okay, well, it's time for me to wake up because I can't expect for anybody else to feel any type of way or to do anything if I myself am not educating myself, if I'm, if I'm not taking the time out of my day to speak out and actually feel some type of way about the situation that could happen to me. So I had to speak out then and let my family and my friends know that at this point, I'm actually fearful for my life. I don't like guns at all, but I'm planning on getting a gun permit, which I feel like I'm being forced to do so. Right. And I, and I, and I don't like it. So because it was just so much emotions that came about that I did not like, um, I was like, okay, you know what? Something, something has to be there. And then I think just that push with her asking me to voice my opinion on it, and also seeing so many uh, negative responses and ignorant comments just from yes. our community itself. Um, that's what kind of took me up too. Like, I, I just, I don't know. It, it was, I can believe it. I can believe it. So again, because I do like to talk and I am very opinionated. I'm just like, you know what? Y'all running y'all mouth. So let me go ahead and run mine too. But let me actually give y'all something to think about rather than just going based off of what you feel in that moment. And you're talking about the emotional side of it all too. Have you always been a person that that was connected to your emotions or were you a person that had to learn how to be able to connect and express your emotions? I think I've always been able to tap into my emotions. Mm -hmm. um, I remember at the age of, I had to be like five, maybe five or six. And we were watching some Lifetime movie. Something was going on with some little girl. I just started crying. My mom, she started laughing. <laughs> um, I feel like I've always been able to be one with my emotions. But the older I got, I was able to actually fully accept them. Um, mm -hmm. I was just emotional right before I got on this call because I was watching Greenlee. So, <laughs> man, that's not, I, I watched it earlier today. It wrecked me earlier today, so I already know what you're talking. I just told one of my cousins, I was like, I think I cried the whole show. Really, I really do. I believe I did. I, I maybe in the beginning I didn't, but after that first scene, it was like, oh, that's it right there. Yeah, I get yeah, it. it. I get it. It took me for a loop, and at first I was like, oh, I think it was more so the scene in the church with Lady May for me. Oh yeah. And she... At first, I'm just like, okay, here we go. You know. In the black church, they're going to clap at everything. I'm like, child, black people can clap at everything. <laughs> but then I started actually listening to the message that she was giving. Oh, yeah. I'm like, okay, yeah. okay, okay. It kind of made it, me just start rolling and thinking like, okay. I just started thinking about a whole bunch of other stuff. Even yeah. um, it really made me think about the song I love, but I can't even think of it. I'm bad with names. I know it was <laughs> it's by Leandria, and um, it was the one she sung on Sunday Best recently. Oh, uh, Lord deliver me. Yes. Cause all, yeah, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. I feel the you. Cause all I do is that keep... song, and I'm like, Lord, yeah. not right now. Just give me a moment. I got a podcast to do. I ain't got time to be crying and looking crazy. <laughs> that it would have been no problem. You came on here crying, and we could have segue <laughs> right into it. But yeah, I, I feel you. I think the part that got me was I think I was looking at Grace and her son's relationship. Yeah. And we're the pro the progress of that. And even from season one, episode one with Grace and mm. all of them, like how their characters evolved and even how Greenle Greenleaf dealt with like a lot of things in the black church mm. that a lot of people don't like talking Talk about. about. That's what I love about they the don't show. Don't like talking about it. 
That's so, what I yeah. love about the show. Because a lot of a lot of that stuff I actually like how you stay in Atlanta. So you know mm-hmm. Atlanta's big for like a lot of the mega churches. So mm-hmm. the people that I would speak with or that I would randomly meet and then we start talking about church and everything like that. I know one of the churches I used to go to uh, was Bishop Paul Martin Church. Okay. And just like some of the stuff that I would hear just with the politics of some of these mega churches, mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, this is Greenleaf. And yeah, right. again, that's that hush factor that we have as black folks. We want mm-hmm. to make, you know, be quiet about it because we want to stick with face value and leave it at that. And it's like, no, this is what we need to talk about. So I commend the show. I hate it ended. Yeah. I commend the show for the things that they actually pulled out. They did. They, they really hit a lot of things from the church and the home concept too. You know, what happens in the home stays in the mm-hmm. home, you know, mm-hmm. all of those things. The writers did an excellent job with that. Mm-hmm. They really did an excellent job with that. Mm-hmm. So now let's go back to what you said. Uh, I think you were talking about um, for years, was it, you said years you held stuff in or years you, Oh man, now I can't remember what you said. <laughs> and I should have just went with it right then and there, but I can't remember. So we'll just go on to something else. All right, we'll go on to something else. <laughs> All right, so you said you're an artsy type person, music wise. Mm-hmm. What type of music you into? Oh man, I'm big on uh, neo soul. I love neo soul, R&B. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, I listen to some rap. I love my gospels. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little pop here and there, but I, if it was a go-to, it'd be like my Jill Scott's, uh, uh, Erica Badu, uh, Anthony Hamilton, uh, still listen to music, Soul Child. Oh, so yeah. Stuff like that. Stuff like that. Just like feel-good music. Okay. I'm okay. a big Beyonce fan. I ain't gonna lie. I love her, too. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, music-wise, that's, that's mainly it. Okay, cool. Now, your first episode, you dealt with mental health and spirituality, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, why was mental health so important to you? You talked about why the spiritual aspect was important to you, but from the mental health standpoint, why was that an important subject to you? So I'm going to say the spiritual portion came from just my growth itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I was raised up in a church, and just as far as who I am now, I feel like I'm more spiritual than religious, which I feel like a lot of people have went in um, that direction. Uh, I just, I just, I stick with the spirituality because of the connection that I feel that you have to have with God, um, the, the connection that you have to have within yourself. And in order for you to understand yourself and to grow, you have to understand your mental health as well. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the issues that I went through, whether it was relationships, whether it was through, um, family members or friendships, they all dealt with some type of mental situation. And I've had moments to where I've passed out, rolled on the floor, just crying. I'm like, Lord, what's going on? I've had moments where I feel sick and want to throw up and all kind of other stuff. So it's like, when I, once I start evaluating the situation and also noticing uh, what I contributed to the situation, I'm like, okay, well, how can I fix and then I started noticing that a lot of stuff that I was going through or putting myself through was mental. I was mm. creating situations that weren't happening. Um, I was making false assumptions just based off of the action instead of being, uh, instead of opening my mouth and communicating. Um, I always felt I was right mm. in certain things. Um, I was a people pleaser too. So I used to allow people to run over me. So everything was situational. So I just had to get to a point to where I'm like, okay, 
before I can move on, before I can deal with anybody else, before I can, whatever it may be, I need to figure out who I am, which right. I didn't fit fully, which I'm still learning. But I don't, I didn't really fully get to that point to after 30, which was crazy. And then what made me, I guess, put both of them together is because uh, it, it made me go back into how I was raised. I'm like, why didn't nobody teach me? Or mm -hmm. why didn't nobody sit me down and try to have these conversations? Or just to say, hey, Mike, are you okay? So that's what made me think about the church and the home and the hush factors. So I'm like, that was actually more damaging than it was to help me. So I was like, okay, well, being that I know a lot of people are still going through the same path or the same road that I went down, let me see if I can kind of jump in front of that to guide y'all before y'all get to that point of where I get it. Either if, you, or either if you get to it, you at least know how to handle it or somebody that you can speak to that has been there. Because it's okay to, and I let people know, it's okay to praise God. It's okay to, to, talk, to talk to him to pray. It's okay to go to church. But it's also okay to get professional help. Everybody feel like, okay, well, I'm going to go to pastor and tell him all my business. When at the end of the day, pastor, bishop, or whoever may be, may be too busy. They got their own stuff. And at the end of the day, they may not have went through what you went through. Are you thinking of selling or buying your dream home? Then contact Harrison Domerkin, the people's agent. As a licensed realtor in both Delaware and Maryland, Harrison desires to help you sell or buy your home. And he promises you that your experience with him will be great. Call or text him today at 302-260-0659 or email him at Harrison Domerkent at gmail.com. And for me, I don't want to speak with anybody. I don't want to be preached by anybody that hasn't been through something. Absolutely. I don't want you telling me anything that I have not been through or at least guide me to where I can go. So, yeah, I, I just try to make sure that people are aware that, for one, everything's going to be okay. That there's always going to be some type of way. And that if you feel like nobody is there for you, there are resources out there to get somebody that's for you. And even if you cannot really afford it, depending on the job that you have, or I believe even Medicaid might have some stuff going on too. But I know, like, for me, when I first actually started going to counseling, I utilized my, um, it's called EAP at my job mm -hmm. to get free counseling sessions on whoever they had a list from. So I'm based in San Francisco. So I used to drive from San Francisco to Oakland because I wanted a black counselor for my first time. And she was really good. She mm -hmm. was really good. I mean, I, I feel like I was kind of doing my own session, but I feel like she... She sat there. It was nice listening to someone that did not know me, that was not going to judge me, just kind of let everything come out. I agree with you. I, I tell people my uh, therapist is my best friend. And the reason why he's my best friend is because he can't tell my business. Mm -hmm. If he does, I can sue him, which I kind of don't mind suing <laughs> him. You know, that positions me, you know, a little better. But the reality was I realized that you can have the spirituality 
and you can have the mental health component mm-hmm. as well. They they complement each other. They really mm-hmm. do complement each other. So I always encourage people because you everything you were saying, all I kept hearing was being self-aware, being self-aware. Mm-hmm. And many of us go through life without that self-aware component mm-hmm. to our lives. And then all of a sudden, like you said, you hit the age of 30. It was around 30-something when, when I became self-aware. And it was like an epiphany there, like one of them Oprah uh-huh yeah. moments. Yeah. Like, wait a minute. Why wasn't I prepared for this? Why didn't church yeah. teach me this? You know, so I, I feel you on that that whole concept there. Yeah, because they, they, they put out this display of this is how you should be, A, B, and C. And I just mm-hmm. wish that the things, and everybody has said this before, I wish that the things that I know now, I knew then. Like, there's even been moments, um, it's a time I always go back to. And I feel like if I would have known what I know now, I would have walked out to church. I was, mm. I'm going to say in middle school again, I used to go to church heavily. I used to go to uh, morning service, Sunday school, afternoon service, Bible study, choir rehearsal, everything. And at this point, I had started growing out my hair, and I had, my mom had braided my hair back. So it was Sunday morning. I think we had to be there at 7 o'clock in the morning before 8 o'clock service started just to practice a rehearsal. So they saw me when I walked in, and they were like, um, well, if you want to sing today, you want to take out the braids. And because I wanted to sing so bad, and I wanted to be in the choir and just engage, and I didn't think anything. I'm like, okay, well, I guess this is just a way of church, so let me go ahead and take it out. Now there are a lot of people that have braids, but I'm just like, just certain things like that to where even something that small could be damaging because what was the point? Or what right. am I learning at that moment? So it's like, right. y'all are so worried about as far as the actual image other than instilling what needs to be inside of me. Right. You know, so that's, that, that's huge for me. And I, and I love, I still love that podcast to this day because of the girls that I have on it, they were actually actual sisters. And okay. of course they were black. So I wanted people to know that there were actual black therapists that can own their own thing. Absolutely. And it was, yeah, it was, it was fun. It was fun. It was really good. And you, you just hit something. Uh, and I'm glad you shared that story about the braids because part of my problem with uh, church culture has always been that we try to change everybody. We want everybody to look the same, sound the same, walk the same, think the same, believe the same. And I'm like, okay, from that concept, where do we grow? Mm-hmm. Because it's in our diversity mm-hmm. and listening to other people and having those conversations that we can grow and develop as individuals. If we all are program robots, then there's no growth from that. My uh, my god brother, he's a he's a member, and he he be posting. I, I don't. I'm like, anyway, he he made a post, um, and he was saying that when are going, when are we going to start respecting the church? and um, stop wearing hats in the church and men stop wearing, stop wearing hats in the church. So it became this whole big old thing. And I'm like, well, what is the actual issue? I get the old school method. I get, you know, going in buildings and everything, you know, taking your hat off for respect or whatever it may be. So I guess you try to do a comparison with uh, going into a courthouse or going into an interview. And I said, well, to me, those are bad examples. I said, because anytime I think of a courthouse, I think of something negative. So because you are basically in the hands of somebody in that moment, you want to try to put on this whole, because for one, you don't want to go. 
Right. So you want to, you got to put on this look of like, okay, well, I'm this good Samaritan. Please don't charge me, basically. I'm just going <laughs> right. to get like a marriage right. or something like that. And then um, as far as when it comes to interviews, same thing. You got somebody that's sitting in front of you that's judging you as soon as you walk in the room to hopefully give you a job that you may or may not want. But you may have to get it because you got to pay your bills. I said, so when I'm going to church, I'm going for neither one of those. If I'm going for church, I'm going because I feel like I need to be fed. So if you're telling me if I have a bad hair day as a male, which clearly now I got a cap on now, um, if I got a bad hair day as a male, but I've been needing to seek God all day because I've been going through A, B, and C. You telling me that I can't serve God or God not going to speak to me because I walked in this building with a hat on my head. I'm like, so are you telling me that the only way for God to communicate with me or to bring his blessings down to the poor and to me is if I take this hat, this hat off my head and then allow the word to touch the crown of my head? Like, I don't, I don't really get it. I'm like, I can sleep with this on my head and feel like God talking to me in my room. Right. What's the difference right. between coming into this building and, and dealing with it right now? I said, you should be grateful that people even want to come to church nowadays because people don't like going now. Because right. people feel, people don't want to be judged. People feel like, okay, well, if I come, if I look like this, if I wear this, I'm going to be judged. My thing is, as long as I'm wearing something that's decent mm-hmm. and I don't have any bad language or anything represented on my cap or whatever it may be, I should be able to come and serve God the way I need to and get the word. You should not be looking at what I got on if you look into foreign to me. And that's where I feel like the church is still missing it basically they, they, they're creating it's too many rules on how i need to serve god when it just should be a communication just a regular communication how do i talk to god i agree because i i feel like when we get into the legalism of everything the main thing is no longer the main thing mm-hmm. we're worried about them wearing a hat instead of thinking wait a minute mm-hmm. we got them here let's feed them so they'll want to come back and then they'll want to bring somebody else with them. Mm-hmm. And then they'll want to come back and bring somebody mm-hmm. else with them. And I, I think that that's the, 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 that has to be the focus. Because in Bible times, Jesus wasn't worried about what people had on. He wasn't even worried. Where was he at? He was chilling with the ones that people felt he shouldn't even be around. Mm-hmm. Because he understood his purpose. He understood the reason for his existence. So mm-hmm. now my question to you is, what do you believe your purpose is? Uh, um, I feel like I am still, I feel like I'm still getting to that point. Um, I feel like your purpose is never served until God calls you home. I feel like you can have more than one purpose. And even when I feel like I'm having like a bad day or something happened, or I just have a fear of just like, okay, but my time is soon. I'm like, God. I know my purpose ain't, I'm not, I'm not done. It's something else I need to complete. I do believe one of them is pouring into people. Um, I do believe that, because I've heard, I mean, if I toot my own horn, I know I've helped a lot of people mentally, um, physically, financially. So it's like, I, I know I've been put into certain places to get certain people out of certain things that they didn't know. And sometimes it works, sometimes it don't, because a lot of people don't take heed until later on and then they finally learn once right. i done left um and same thing as far as people that have been poured into my life they have taught mm-hmm. me certain things so I, I do feel like in a sense that i am a teacher um to some 
Um, I feel that if I really, I mean, it's, you know, like certain things happen, but you kind of run from it a little bit because you just don't feel like doing it at that moment. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like if I really dive deep into certain things with the food that I'm doing, that can be an etern internal healing process. Absolutely. For a lot of people, Absolutely. you know, a lot of people, especially our culture now are going vegan and it's mm -hmm. been something that, um, I've been talking about for a while with a whole lot of the people. So I don't know that that could be something too. So I don't know. I'm just still, I'm still seeking purpose while mm -hmm. I am utilizing the current purpose that I have now. So I feel like it is more to me than what I actually know or see. I'm just waiting for that moment to come. I just, I don't want to force anything anymore. And I, I think that's the key that you hit it right there. I don't want to force anything. I, that's one of the things I learned in life, excuse me, was how to be more fluid as it related to purpose, as it related to process, and as it just related to life. Now, you talked about you pouring in to people. I want to ask you a question because those that pour out a lot, it's important too that they recharge. Mm -hmm. How do you recharge? Jesus, that's something I had to learn. That was another <laughs> learning situation because I, I mean, it, it's draining. It's yeah. very draining that you start losing friends or basically once I start again, it was the whole self process. Once I start realizing that I have to take care of me first before I can take care of somebody else, that's when everything kind of just came into place. So now I also, it was a statement too. Um, I forgot exactly where I heard it from, but it was basically saying that your emergency is not my emergency. And with that, I believe that anytime you go through something, it's either it's going to be a learning lesson that you need to learn by yourself. Or if it is meant for me to help you out, then God's going to put me in that place to help you out. So now I don't, I used to be, I used to pick up every phone call. I used to answer every text message. I used to try to, Hey Mike, can you do this? I'm like, yeah. So I will overextend myself. Right. And then I had to get to, cause it was a point where someone asked me, what do you like to do? Or what do you like to do for yourself? And I couldn't answer. I'm like, you know, I don't know. You know, some people I used, I know I used to like to take myself out to the movies, but like people would be able to give you a list. And it's like, you know what? I don't know myself. So I had to get to the point where I'm like, okay, well, you know what? Let me figure out who I am. So if I had to, if I said I want to study for this class, I want to do this project, okay, well, I'm going to put my phone to the side. Or if I'm watching a movie, I don't care what you got going on. It could be my mama. I'll call you later. Girl, we'll talk later. Like, it, I, I have to be in a mental place now. And even now when I talk to certain people, if I have to vent, which is rare now, because I used to vent to all my friends about stuff. I cut that out too. Mm -hmm. I'm like very specific as far as what I tell certain people now. But even when I tend to vent to people, I hit them up to make sure that they are in a good mental state to even hear what I got to say. So now out of all the friends that I had, I might have like one or two that I might tell because now I try to resolve my own issue before I go to anybody else about my issue. Because it's mm -hmm. draining. Because even though, yeah, you want to try to help people, it's still draining. So now mm -hmm. I make sure that I'm in the mental capacity because if I'm not, that can actually also be more damaging than helping somebody else. Because now instead of me actually clearly thinking, I'm just going based off of emotion. I'm like, yeah, you should quit this or you should do that. And mm -hmm. now they're mad at me because they decided to do what I told them to do. So 
yeah, I had to I had to learn how to focus on me and to make sure that I was in the right mental state and to make sure that I was happy. I it took me a while to figure out what happiness was too. So yeah. I had to make sure that I was happy and that I was okay with dealing with whatever situation it might be. I mean, you you're hitting all the things that I usually get to as far as what what now moments because you talked about the process of, you know, you couldn't even tell somebody what it is that you like to do, you know, for you just to enjoy for yourself. And now you transition to make sure that you, you are centered spiritually, are centered spiritually, emotionally, psychologically, you know, physically, financially, all of those things are very important to us. Mm -hmm. uh, and we miss out on that sometimes when we are poor and we don't even realize that we're pouring sometimes from empty cups mm -hmm. and we don't pour out what it is that we need ourselves. You know, mm -hmm. so yeah, I feel you there. I feel you there. So, what do you like to do for fun? All right, for fun, um, I like to travel. Uh, like I said, I'm a flight attendant, so right now it's not the best time, but when I can, um, I actually like I'm upset because I had a few adventures I wanted to go on this year, but yeah, just so being able to travel and meet new people, um, try new foods. Um, I love going to the movies. I love bowling. Um, I love festivals. Now I'm just not getting, it took me years before I even started going to concerts. So now I like actual festivals and concerts. Um, what else do I like to do? You already know cooking. Cooking is definitely up there. Um, honestly, I'm good for a good kickback. Okay. I'm like, you. if, if, if I could have the perfect world, I would have the actual house that I wanted with this nice, huge kitchen and entertaining area, um, outside area. I will, I will be cooking, of course, and having things set up and having like wine night or having a few drinks, cocktails, good friends, and having conversations like this. There you? Yeah, so cool. that's, yeah, that's a few things. Anthony Baker Jr. is the CEO of a nonprofit community organization called Helping the Homeless. As an organization, they are committed to changing lives and making others smile. In addition to providing hands-on services for the homeless community all over Philadelphia, they also have a Big Brothers Mentoring Program where participating youth are taught the value of giving back to their community. To learn more about the organization, call 215-487-8589 or email them at hthphilly at gmail.com. Okay, so now I want to throw some words out there to you. I want you to tell me the first thing that comes to mind. You can either do a one-word answer. You can do a sentence. You can sing a song with it in there. I don't know if you <laughs> sing or not. It doesn't really matter if you can sing on here at all. But I'm just going to throw them out there at you. You tell me the first thing that comes to you, okay? Uh-huh. All right. 
healing. Healing. This is hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, healing. The first thing I think about when it comes to healing is just self-healing. Okay. Um, just cool. internal healing, mental health. Cool. Okay. Quarantine. Quarantine. Ugh. I mean, honestly, I think of now, the present. Uh, mm -hmm. Quarantine has honestly been my favorite because I'm isolated. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. I don't have to. I don't have to really be around a lot of people um, because of my job. I haven't been to work since March. Um, oh, wow. So I've actually it's been more of a blessing for me than a lot of other people. So when I think of quarantine, I will always think of this pandemic. This okay, morning. okay. So, okay. See, I didn't know how it was. I didn't know if you were in the house singing, bored in the house, and I'm in the house, bored. I didn't know if you were there singing that or not. Because I know a lot of people are having a hard time with it. I'm enjoying it. You know, I love I, it. I've been like Michael Jackson. Just leave me alone. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I would look at the phone. You can be calling me, and I, I would look at, you think I'm in the shower or asleep. I'm looking at the phone ringing like, do I really want to pick this up? I think I didn't. I'd have mastered it. Like, I don't have to pick up the phone for days. So this is nothing <laughs> for me. I feel you. I feel you. All right, I got one more word for you. You're probably going to laugh before you answer. I did see you post about this. But WAP. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Um, I mean, you know, it's been such a big controversy. I don't for, understand for people. For no reason. Oh, my God. <laughs> and so many different. It's whack. Um, <laughs> the song itself, the song itself is okay. Um, yeah. Of course, the more you listen to it, it's going to be a bop. I don't mind it. I don't care. I'm low-key ratchet. I'm from Florida, so all that little, uh, I'm used to listening to Trina, Jackie O. Yeah, yeah. All that. So it's, it's not, I don't, I don't, that's the issue. People have gotten so sensitive yeah. to where they feel like everything needs some type of response to where, some type of negative response. Um, even, and it's crazy, I mean, this has nothing to do with each other, but I think mm -hmm. it's a negative response that got the correlation because what got nothing to do with the presidential uh, candidate. I was getting but, to that too. Yep. Okay, see, my mm -hmm. bad, I'm yeah, you're good. Go ahead. You're good. But yeah, we, and, and again, I go back to our community. Mm -hmm. We, it'd be like, damn if you do, damn if you don't. Yep. And I'm kind of with Cardi with that. It's like, she'll come out with one song that'll be, you know, somebody can come out with some inspiration. You either don't want to talk about it or it's too inspirational for you. Yep. If you got somebody that come out some real ratchet, oh, now it's too degrading. I think it was CeeLo that I had, that I saw had something to say about it. I'm like, really, you out of all people? <laughs> and that comes into the whole discussion of men and double standards and exactly. I'm like, I, don't, I don't really get it because the main ones that are making these videos that we used to watch on um, Uncut um, yeah, <laughs> yeah I feel it. you so I don't know, it was just it's, it's kind of irritating to see people bash uh, women for making their money when men are doing the same thing and then Absolutely. like I said, be mainly our culture and then like going to the to the presidency stuff now whether you like the lady or not, she's there. But it's like, we've been wanting a heart. Like, we've been like, okay, yes, let's get somebody black in there. But it's like, oh, well, okay, not that black. Let's get another black. 
So it shows other communities that we can't even get along with ourselves. So it's like mm -hmm. it was more negative responses because she got picked than anything positive, which scares me because I'm like, well, in that case, do y'all want to keep the orange person that y'all got in office now? Man. I and thought we were trying to get him out. I said if he wins, it was going to be because Joe Biden, who is from my state, can't keep his mouth shut because every time he opens his mouth, he just mm -hmm. puts his own foot in his mouth. Yeah. Or yeah. our community was going to turn on whoever was selected as the vice presidential candidate, and that was going to be the divide. And Orange is going to play on that divide. You know. Now, okay, so, so, well, let me ask you this. So with mm -hmm. Biden, because of the things that he ended up saying, do you feel like he's saying something good, but because of the way that he's saying it, it's being portrayed as a negative thought, especially because we just jump on it as soon as we hear it? So do you Biden, he doesn't know how to say it? Biden is the white friend that chill with you mm -hmm. and think that he's cool enough to say some of the things mm -hmm. that should not be said by him, but if it was said by somebody else, and they directed it towards, what do you think? And he just laughed about it. Everybody would be cool about it. I, I think, think that Obama. <laughs> that, that's what he really thinks. He really, really, and he, I think he thought because he was with Obama that he was like, oh, okay, that's enough credit, credit for me. So I can say this. And I'd be like, no, Biden, no. Why did you say that? But I don't, I heard, I saw people say they feel like he's racist. I personally don't feel like he's racist. No. I've actually met him, had conversations with him. Um, and I'm not saying like, I, I'm pretty good with that radar. I've mm -hmm. been around enough racial racist people to know, mm -hmm. but I feel like he just, he doesn't have a filter. <laughs> he, just, yeah. he really doesn't. Like he's the one that you tell when you go out there, don't say this, this, or this. He's going to go out. He said, okay. He's going to go out there before he finished. He's just said this, this, and this, and <laughs> added a couple things to it. That's why I said whoever he picks, I'm just hoping they can smooth it over a little bit more. He can just close his mouth till at least he gets in there. Just close your mouth till you get in there. So, but you know we're at a crazy state with our country right now. I mean, I, I think this is, but I like what it has done is because I feel like it's kind of made people more aware of the mm -hmm. political side of things. Mm -hmm. And hopefully, I'm hoping, because we've been out, we've been protesting. I've been a main supporter of that. I'm I'm proud uh, to watch everybody get out and get involved. Mm -hmm. But I said, if that protesting does not translate into other things, then we're missing the purpose. And I want people to get out in November and realize you had, like, like you've been talking about on the show, you have a voice. Your vote is your voice, you know, when it comes to this. And your vote will matter because it hits locally first and then it begins to spread, you know, around the entire country. So right. hopefully people will get out and, and begin to vote. Mm -hmm. But yeah, what's your view on him? What do you think about some of the stuff he said? Um, I'm gonna be totally honest with you. I've, if I see anything, it's mainly from social media. I don't try to look too much into the candidacy stuff. Um, I just, it was something, like so I'm, I'm bad with verbatim, but it was something that he recently said. And I think it was something about the Spanish community and the black community. Diversity. But it's like when I read it, that's what made me think like, okay, I, I get what you're saying, but I feel like you're saying it in the wrong way. 
and because I think he said something about the Spanish community is more diverse than the black community, which I mean, in a sense, I guess he's looking at the different type, the different uh, types of Hispanic. You got actually got, I guess I've learned today there's a difference between Latinos and Hispanics. Mm -hmm. So I guess he might be speaking on something because, like, when we look at him, we categorize everybody. We'll call everybody a, a Puerto Rican or a Mexican. We, we do. And, that, and that's it. You know, so it's yeah. like it's, it's a lot within that. As far as when you look at us, yes, we have Jamaicans, we have Haitians, we got African Americans, Dominicans, all that or whatever. But I mean, they just still look at us as black, and maybe that's just a uh, a lack of knowledge on his end too so i don't fully know exactly where he was coming from and you know people are good at just clipping off what they want you oh, to absolutely i didn't hear the whole interview it was because i went to the video to go see exactly what the full thing was but i got sidetracked and went on to something else i didn't go look for the actual video absolutely. but um it just even just from that small portion it was nothing racist no it was because no. I just feel like, in which I've had, the, and I feel like I understand it because I've had those moments to where when I'm having a conversation, I might not be able to really articulate everything that I'm actually trying to say in that moment, or either I'm too, too, too uh, upset or mm -hmm. hurt or whatever, the, whatever it may be. Um, so I just feel like at moments, because he is trying so hard, I feel like he gets nervous. Mm -hmm. um, I'm praying that it's not a medical situation that a lot of people think is going on. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like again, he can't be no worse than what we got now. So it's yeah. like, I feel like if we gave this man a chance, we could give somebody else a chance that actually might do something for us. Right, right. Absolutely. I totally agree there. Totally agree there. Like I said, I think that he just, like you say, he's trying too hard. And I feel like sometimes if he would just step back and just be himself, he doesn't have to try hard. Like, that's the thing with it. Like, you know how sometimes you see, and I've been there too. I remember when I wanted to be accepted and wanted to fit in and was struggling with my own identity, there were times I would do things and try hard to fit in and it wouldn't come natural, you know, and then you learn and you grow and you develop and it starts to become more natural and you're like, yo, forget it. And matter of fact, that's the next thing I want to get to too, because one of my favorite posts <laughs> that you posted was, I can't remember it verbatim, mm -hmm. but you were basically encouraging everybody to stop worrying about what everybody thinks and has to say about you. Yes. Be you. Be you. Uh, now, I want to ask you a question. When did you come to that realization for yourself that you were okay with being who you were, you know, the totality of who you were, and it just didn't matter anybody's opinion it didn't matter anybody's thoughts or have you always been like that um i slightly feel i feel like in a sense i've always been like that mm -hmm. but you know how you can be something but not have a full understanding of it until you actually get somewhere so yeah. when i was younger um i've never been like a click type person i was if i was to describe myself like in high school you know how you got your cool kids over here then you got your geeks over here um, I was in a category to where I got along with everybody. Everybody. I was, I was, to me, I was quiet at moments. Um, then there were moments where I guess I might have been loud, but it was nothing. I never really stuck myself in an actual category. So when it got to points of where people would talk about me and they would get back to me, um, and then I would approach somebody about it, either if I'm around what's going on, I'm like, well, they didn't say it to me. So they clearly it must not mean nothing. Or either they got a fear to where if they say it to me, it's going to be an issue. 
So I don't, I think at that moment, I didn't really, I start trying not to care. And then I want to say around, it was in, a lot of my moments were in Atlanta when I lived in Atlanta. I had a friend, um, I had a gay friend, and he was very flamboyant. But he was real good to me at that moment. He was real cool with people. I was good with him and his family. And my mom, she came up. And I didn't really have many friends, but I wanted to invite him over. So I had this thing where I was going back and forth as far as like, what would she think of? How would she react to see him? And then I had to correct myself. I'm mm-hmm. like, you know what? That's, excuse my language. I'm like, you know, my, that's fucked up. Because right. if you call this person your friend or whatever it may be, you don't need to worry about what nobody's going to say about them. Even when it came to my own sexuality later on, I had to be like, okay, well, don't nobody pay my bills. Don't nobody do anything. Honestly, everything that I've done, I have done for myself. If I gotten help with something, it was very little help, and it's still with people that are in my life now who've accepted me. And so that's where I got to the point to the fact that if you are meant to be in my life, if you're meant to go on that road with me, you will be here with me. One thing I'm not doing is begging anybody to be a part of my life. I'm not begging anybody to be a friend and relationship. And I even started noticing like friends, friendships that I had for like years to where I had to realize I don't care about them anymore because I don't know, were we really friends or whether I, was I just sticking with you because of the title of friendship? So I had to get to the, again, that self-care. I had to get to the point to where it's like, okay, in order for me to succeed or do what I need to do or even be confident in anything that I was going to do, I can't worry about nobody else. And I think that came about too when it came to like content for doing a podcast or things that I want to cook, um, the way I want to dress, um, clothes, when I used to make clothes, clothes I used to want to make, I had to get to the point where it's like, okay, somebody's going to always have something to say. So I'm not going to do anything based off of what people actually want in the moment. If I can cater to what makes me happy, then what's going to make me happy is going to attract the ones that are going to be happy with it as well. So anybody that's not going to be happy with it, I don't want you. I don't need you. Right. I don't need to hear from you. Now, if you want to give constructive criticism towards something that will help me because you will like it, then that's fine. But if you just doing whatever, saying whatever just to say it, I'm cool without it because I don't need that negativity in my life, nor should you. Mm-hmm. Because if you say something out of the way, I'm going to cut your ass out and let that be. Right. Right. So it's it just, I, I, I have to, it's, it's about having the happiness and the peace that I want and need in my life. And, you know, I like the story that you shared, too, about uh, your friend in Atlanta, because a lot of people don't know how to handle situations like that. And that has caused a lot of people to lose good people in their lives. Yeah. Because, you know, they were like, oh, no, I can't bring them around that person. No, 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 no. Because, but, you know, I like how you said you came to that resolve to understand, wait a minute. No, that's my friend. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot more people, if people can get more people to stand up for them like that, then they even become even more comfortable. And I'm not saying that you need to place your comfortability in other people, mm-hmm. but it does make you a little more comfortable when you know you're in a safe space or in an, an environment to where you can freely be, you know, yourself. Mm-hmm. So I want to give you an opportunity to give everybody your information, your, uh, if you want them to follow you on your social media, everything about your podcast, how they can find your podcast, subscribe to your podcast, 
all of those great things. Of course, of course. So again, the podcast is called Selfology 101. So again, like yourself, S-E-L-F, then it's going to be Dashology, O-L-O-G-Y, 101. Um, if you want to follow my social media, um, Instagram will probably be the best because I don't accept everybody on Facebook. I try, but I'm like, who is these people? But with my my Instagram, I finally, I did make it public. That was private too. But it's Mike, which is going to be M-Y-K underscore self, S-E-L-F 2020 for Instagram. And if you want to email me, then it's going to be MikeSelfology101 at gmail.com. All right. So now, you said a lot over this conversation. Mm-hmm. If everybody was to forget everything that you said, what would be one thing that you want them to take away take away from this conversation? All right. The one thing I would love for everybody to take away from this conversation is just during this time, during this pandemic, during this quarantine, everything that we have going on during the uh, Black Lives Matter movement, take time to love yourself. Take time to discover yourself. Take time to do the self-work. Um, yeah, that's basically it. Just love. Because once you love yourself, once you do everything that you need, everything that you want in life will come, and those who need to be around you in your life will be there as well. Awesome, awesome. Mike, I want to thank you for joining us on tonight. Listening audience, thank you for joining us as well. Make sure you connect with Mike on his social media. Make sure you also follow his uh, podcast. Leave some uh, stars on his podcast write a review of his podcast, <laughs> do all of those things, man. Support. When we have people that are out there that are really trying to change the game and make a difference in this world, make sure we are backing them up 100%. Also, I need you to text me at 302-648-5544. Tonight's word is selfology. Text me the word selfology to enter for a chance to win our giveaway, okay? As I always say, create a great day, walk with purpose, and by all means, execute your vision. Peace. Many people define stagnation as not producing or being at a standstill. I get it. However, I would like to add a little weight to the definition and say that I may be producing, I may be moving. However, my production and my movements are disrespectful to the purpose that's inside of me, to the greatness that's inside of me. If that's going on, that's stagnation as well. And that's okay. Guess why? Because I have developed a tool. I wrote a book called From Stagnation to Transformation. And that book was written specifically for individuals that feel stuck, that feel lost, that feel like they're just wandering in the wilderness, that feel like they just I need something is just missing. It's okay. I want you to head over to www.cliftonpettyjohn.com forward slash transformation. There you're going to find a complimentary portion of the book. That's right. A complimentary portion of the book. I want you to read that portion. After that, 
it's going to ignite such a fire inside of you that you're going to want to purchase the con- your personal copy of From Stagnation to Transformation. So I want you to do that as well. Why? Because I believe that it'll give you a 21-day jump start to fulfilling or re-identifying purpose in whatever core area you find yourself stagnant in. So again, visit www.cliftonpettyjohn.com forward slash transformation.